Welcome to the Everyone Has a Story podcast presented by the Business and Education Alliance, where students' talents, interests, and aptitudes can be connected to the dynamic world of work. Welcome, teachers and students, to today's episode of Everyone Has a Story, hosted by the Business and Education Alliance. My name is Bob Gimignani. Very pleased to have with us today, Gia Hilson. Gia is a journeyman millwright, welder, fabricator, and installation technician with Jackson Engineering and Maintenance. Gia, thank you so much for donating some of your valuable time today to speak into the lives of the next generation. Thanks for having me. You're definitely um, in a lane of employment that's atypical for a female. So we're really looking forward to hearing your career story. So let's get right to that. Um, so uh, Gia, when you were in middle school and high school, think back to just a few short years ago, um, did you have any thoughts back then about what kind of job you wanted to do when you grew up? Um, yeah, so I went to a vocational school and um, I was actually in physical therapy, occupational therapy, and I'm a certified rehab tech. But shortly after high school, that wasn't the, uh, the route that I wanted to take anymore. Yeah, we're going to be curious to, to hear your journey and how you shifted uh, to be where you are today from, from more of a health kind of related uh, occupation. But before we get to that, what was your first ever paid job? I was a lifeguard. And you grew up in Tampa, so lifeguarding in Tampa is way different than lifeguarding in Colorado. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it wasn't on the beach. We were waterfront certified, but it was mostly just pools and dive wells. Gia, when you were in high school, you said you were in a voc ed program. Um, did you have uh, access to any sort of career connected or experiential learning in high school, much like the Business and Education Alliance is trying to bring to our schools now where perhaps you had an opportunity to job shadow a professional or even to do an internship in an in a occupational area of interest. Was that available to you and did you take advantage of it? Absolutely. So we did um, a round of clinicals, a couple rounds of them, and I went to the Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa and uh, I got to do a week shadowing everybody and all of the rehab and physical therapy that they those patients went through. So now you get to lay out your journey, Gia. Um, you get the floor for as long as you want. If you could tell students who are watching, how did you navigate yourself to where you are today um, with Jackson Engineering and Maintenance from that original kind of voc ed thought of like a health related occupation and physical therapy to being where you are today? And if you could try to pay some particular attention to perhaps how you like inventoried what you were interested in or what you thought you were good at as you made decisions throughout your career to get you where you are today. Um, the floor is yours for as long as you need it, Gia. When I was in high school and I realized that it was a, a Votech high school and they had a bunch of different programs. I had gone through my freshman year or like halfway through my freshman, freshman year, I wanted to get into the diesel tech or the welding and fabricating side of the school. My father actually told me no. Um, he denies it to this day, but he told me no, that I couldn't do it. So I ended up sticking with physical therapy and occupational therapy. And I thought that was my, my end game. I was going to join the Navy. I wanted to get 
stationed in Hawaii, working at a VA center. That kind of fell through. After high school, I started being a lifeguard. I was doing a lot of aqua aerobics. I was teaching swim lessons. I was a um, certified water instructor, um, instructor, WSI. I decided to get into what is it? an apprenticeship program with one of the union halls in Tampa, Florida. The guy that actually got me into the apprenticeship program was one of my patrons. And he got me into this program and I did on the job training. I did uh, schooling at the hall. So it was four years of absolutely just, I don't wanna say grueling, but it definitely tests yourself, your, your mind and your body, being able to stick it out and learn everything that you can. So that really just built up my confidence and built who I am today and showed me that I can, I can do anything that a guy can do. <laughs> Maybe even better sometimes. Yeah, thank you. Um, so uh, could you, uh, maybe explain to students watching this right now, you were referring to the millwright apprenticeship, right? What, what is a millwright? What does that person do? That is, that is the key term that everybody, everybody asks whenever I tell them that I'm a millwright. So basically in machinery, anything that has moving parts, we break it down, rebuild it. And so we actually what I did as a millwright was I would go from power plant to power plant and take down these massive turbines and rebuild them from the ground up. And it's all this, this giant turbine that's the, the diameter of the, the rotor is like 30 inches, just the shaft of it. And we have to align that full rotor that's probably about 40 feet long within a thousandth of an inch. It has to be perfectly level. So we are very skilled machinists and mechanics, construction. We do, we do foundation, we do alignment, we do parts change out, we do reading blueprints, fabrication, installation demo. Like it's, it's a very wide encompassing job. And that's what I loved about it. It was, you weren't doing the same thing every day. Some, one day you would be doing grout something so simple as doing like concrete work or something. And then the next day you would be taking readings with precision tools like micrometers and depth meters and stuff like that. So it was very challenging and I loved it. Oh, that's awesome, Gia. And, and I learned something today. I've heard the term millwright um, and students, I'm sure you're learning something today too, uh, because the average middle school student right now, according to research, can only name four jobs, and I doubt millwright was in those four. <laughs> so um, I always assumed that a millwright had to do with like milling and machining only. I did not realize that um, that, um, that position also included like general plant maintenance and machinery maintenance and rebuilds and all that. So that's pretty cool. Thank you for, for making that known to everybody. A cool little historic fact about millwrights is right now we are actually a part of the UBC. So that's the United Brotherhood of Carpenters. And the reason why we're in the carpenters is because back in the day when all the mills were made of wood, we were woodworkers. We would make gears out of wood. So we continued to be a part of that program with them. Although now we're in metals as times change, but 
Yeah, we used to build mills that were just made of wood. And then we moved on to fabrication with metals. Gosh, wood gears is a long time ago. <laughs> Been around for a long time. Well, Gia, thank you. And your your journey is fascinating. Um, I, I find it interesting that your dad uh, denies telling you no <laughs> to, to go into the diesel uh, trade. But we're, we're looking forward to hearing more about uh, your journey here in a second. And also in part two of our interview, we're going to learn more about what a day in your life looks like today in your existing job. But before we get to that, um, what would you say has been the single biggest challenge you have faced in your career? And how have you overcome that? Growing up in the South, that should say it all. Um, it's, especially being a woman in the industry like this, it's very hard. You have to have a good support system. If you don't have it through blood, you have to find it in other routes, but there's good people out there that will support you. Do not let anybody tell you what you can or cannot do. That is up for you to decide. So that's, that was the main thing that, that I had to deal with. Thank you for that. And Gia, we're going to talk about influential people in your life uh, and mentorship next. That's our next topic. But I really appreciate you saying that there are people out there that can support you. And your being on this interview is a demonstration of your willingness to support. Uh, and I would just like to mention, and we'll probably talk about it, about it again in the next section, um, that Gia has made herself available to speak to students one-on-one -on -one about her world of work and what she does. Uh, so you're watching this video at ppbea.org, our work-based learning website for the Pikes Peak region. Students, if you'd like to talk to Gia a little bit more, you can do that through our website. Uh, there you go. She's uh, totally willing. And every single career professional that we've talked to and the 140 or so career videos that we have at the website every one of those people is open to talking to you individually through our initiative. So you rock, Gia, thank you. You rock, <laughs> thank hey, you. Hey, so let's talk about mentorship or, you know, as we become adults, some people call it friendship. Do you wanna give a shout out to some people who've shown up in your life in a meaningful way, either to challenge you in a positive way or to encourage you? What does that look like for you? That would be some of the most unlikely people the people that would put me down or shove me aside or just give me such a hard time is that's those people are the ones that I learned the most from because not only did it challenge me mentally but it just it lit a fire inside of me to push myself forward that that was the main thing that kept me going was just to prove people wrong i guess that's a good way to change like how they how they were trying to suppress me and it just didn't work and then um of course my family my my sisters they were a very big part of helping me through this because even though i was on the road traveling they were just a phone call away they would always text me they would send me memes they would send me videos like they would just be there for me if i had a bad day so definitely big shout out to my sisters are there any uh, maybe folks in your millwright apprenticeship that mm -hmm. you found uh, impactful for you? Yes, there is a welding instructor at my hall. His name is Mr. Hurd. And then there's also the guy that got me into journeyman and that's Jimmy Trainer. 
So those two guys right there, they gave me some tough love and a lot of a lot of lessons. And oh, I can't forget Don Robbins. He, he's actually a guy that I met on one of my first jobs. He's in his late 60s and we adopted each other and he turned into my grandfather. We go fishing all the time now or when I was in Florida. That man is so smart. He's been doing this for longer than I've been alive. And any question I had, he was always there to help me. Gia, how many females have you run into in your occupation? Four. <laughs> and is that four out of hundreds of people that you've worked with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Being a, a millwright, you were on like contract to contract to contract. So you would be working with hundreds of different people every job and I would have at least five jobs a year so that's a lot of people to go through only to find four women so you're a top one percenter <laughs> that's right <laughs> hey good for you good for you and and thanks for representing of course anytime Gia what would you tell your teenage self knowing what you know today stay true to yourself dig deep Find out what you want to do and run with it. Don't let anybody else's negative words sway you because you could listen to their advice and whatever they wanted to do or whatever they want you to do. And that's, it's just going to make you unhappy. Follow what's in your heart. Follow what you want to do. What makes you happy. doesn't matter what anybody else wants. It's your life. Just run with it. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> way cool, way cool. Gia, um, talk to students about Jackson Engineering. You're wearing your team shirt today. Uh, what, is your, what does your business do? What is your mission? And who are your customers? So Jackson Engineering, we build EMP shelters for the DOD. And that's not the only route that we go. We actually started to pick up some more contracts doing um, radar um, installation or repairs. We do Five, we're getting into 5G towers. Um, Gia, what, what does EMP stand for? So that's a electromagnetic pulse. So it's basically like a nuclear warhead that is detonated high altitude. So it's hemp, so high altitude EMP. So that is the most effective. So if they launch it into the atmosphere, it blows up and it rains down this RF energy. And it basically shorts all circuits, all electrical equipment. So what we do is we build these giant connexes that capsulates all of the electrical equipment. So radars for government facilities or anybody really that wants to buy our product can save all of their generators or their um, computers to keep everything online. Excellent. And if I'm not mistaken, an EMP could also be a natural cause disaster, right? Like a solar storm. It doesn't have to be a man-made event, correct? Yes. Okay, great. Um, Gia, talk to us about the kinds of jobs that are employed at Jackson Engineering. And before you get to that, so students right now, um, you know, they may drive past your building with mom or dad in the car and look at that building and say, oh, that's a manufacturing facility. There's, there's probably people in there that are you know, in business occupations and probably some people doing welding 
or whatever that looks like. But you all have like dozens of different jobs there, right? Talk, talk to students about the different kinds of jobs that are employed there. Not only do we have welders and fabricators, we have people that run CNC water jets and bandsaws to prep material. And then we have drafters that go on draft site or Navis works and basically draw stuff up on the computer so we can see it for dimensions, blueprints and all of that. So they are definitely a critical point. We have engineers, we have um, electricians, we have testers that go in and actually use these antennas. They put it inside of the connexes and then shoot from outside to see if there's any leaks. We have project managers that make sure that everything is in line for whenever we do go out on the road or whatever product we're making, we wanna make sure that we're on schedule. I know I'm missing a bunch of other people because this it, it's really a massive company and we're continuing to grow. And the only reason I can help is because I've interviewed about a dozen of your staff. Uh, so you've got engineers, you've got project managers, uh, you've got estimators, um, you've got, um, of course, management folks, right? And executive management folks, people in business occupations. Um, so it's a great little company and Jackson is a, a great early adopting partner of Business and Education Alliance. So Gia, thanks again for that partnership. You guys are awesome. Talk to that student out there, maybe that female student who's now inspired and wants to be like you when they grow up. Um, what would the career ladder look like for somebody with your talent set? What would be the entry level for you? And then how perhaps could you advance yourself within the career ladder of Jackson Engineering? What would that look like for you? I went in a very unorthodox route. So I was a mechanic basically before I came into this. So I didn't have an extensive background like a lot of, well, like a lot of these people here in the shop with me. Um, so what they had done was they went through a schooling, like a, a <clears throat> like a welding school, or you could go to college and go to a welding department. But there's also trades out there. You can go into millwrights, you can go into pipe fitting, you can go into iron working. They all do welding. So you could, there's a bunch of different routes that you could take. You can go to community college. I'm pretty sure that there's some high schools that still do night school where you can only do like a couple nights a week and still get welding certs. So there's a bunch of different routes that you can take. And you're right, Gia, there is a bunch of routes. And you know, you went to a voc ed high school um, and then unfortunately voc, voc ed went out of favor for a while uh, oh. in our school systems. And it's roared back under another name called career and technical education. Students, make sure you check with your uh, career and college counselors about the kinds of career tech ed that are available in your school systems. I think there's about a dozen or 15 different types of career pathways that you can train in. Uh, one of those is welding. Um, you could actually graduate from high school with a number of welding certifications before you even go to college uh, and have those college welding certifications that could qualify you as an entry-level uh, welder at a, at a local business. So Gia, you're, you kind of forged a path um, before career tech ed, I think, um, but just know for yourself and for young females and other people coming up behind you that there are some really cool um, academic programs in the trades right now in our high school systems. So uh, Gia, that concludes the first part of our interview. We really appreciate you uh, sharing your career story. Thanks.
teachers and students, we're going to take a brief break and be back with part two of this interview, which is an informational interview about what the day in the life of Gia Hilson looks like today. Welcome back, teachers and students, to part two of our Everyone Has a Story interview with Gia Hilson, journeyman millwright, welder, fabricator, and installation technician with Jackson Engineering and Maintenance here in the Colorado Springs area. Gia, thank you again for spending some time with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, you and I originally had an appointment to, to do this interview and you had to cancel because you had worked like a 24-hour shift and I didn't want you to work anymore. So here we are today doing this interview. Talk to students watching, um, what does a day in your life look like? Wake up, normally around like 5.30, get ready, grab some coffee, get my boots off the boot warmer because it's cold <laughs> coming from Florida to here. It's massive change. Um, get to work and have a nice little briefing about what we need to do for the day and get after it. There's a stack of blueprints that we have pretty much every day that you got to go through and get stuff done. So, so getting stuff done, what does that look like? What are you actually doing during, I know you, it doesn't sound like you have like typical day, uh, but mm -mm. what kind of crafts and trades are you operating in? What kind of work are you actually doing during the day? Well, when it comes to that day where I did the 20 plus hour shift, we were doing carpet, running conduit for electric, um, some welding, cutting stuff, reading blueprints. It's really just as encompassing as my, my last job. You are not doing the same thing every day. You could be prepping materials, you could be welding stuff in, you could be cutting stuff out just doing QC, getting inventory ready. It's, it's really a, a wide variety of things. Gia, what would you say are the top two or three most important technical skills or job knowledge skills that you need to kind of apply on a daily basis to be good at what you do? Definitely reading blueprints. You got to be able to look at that sheet of paper and see the dimensions, where it goes, the orientation, um, reading welding symbols, um, how big your fillet needs to be, if you need to bevel it. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of it is you need to be able to read blueprints. Welding, once you get that done, it's, it's just muscle memory. Gia, let's talk a little bit about welding in particular, because it sounds like that's a big part of what you all do. So you went through the um, apprenticeship program for, for being a millwright. Was welding part of your certification stack as a millwright and or did you receive your welding experience on the job? A little bit of both. So the UBC had a very small number of members that were certified to weld. So they had started to inject that into our learning for the apprenticeship. So we had at least a two week course on learning how to stick weld. And we had some MIG and some TIG, but definitely mostly stick because it was all structural. And now let's talk about the softer skills, um, communication, teamwork, collaboration. What, what's important for you to, to be successful there in your job with regard to soft skills? 
you need to have uh, people skills for sure, because when working with a bunch of people in a shop, you're going to have a lot of different personalities. You're going to have people that might be a little bit more hothead than the rest. And you got to be able to still have a conversation with them. You got to be able to make connections with people because if you're working on something and you need a hand, you know, you, next person, the closest person next to you, you know, you got to be able to be like, hey, can you come here for a second? You know, so you got to build that that connection with everybody that you that you work with. Gia, what do you like most about your current job? Well, coming from being a millwright, I was on the road a lot. I had maybe two months home. And that's, I'm not complaining about that because I love traveling, but being able to go home and lay in my own bed is definitely something different for me now. Um, the area is amazing. The people here that I work with are amazing. Um, the company itself is, is pretty up there. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, it's been a real pleasure for me. Again, I've I think I've interviewed about 10 people from Jackson in various roles there. Um, and I've talked to your CEO and your COO. Uh, it just seems like a really solid company culture there um, where uh, people are empowered to do their jobs. And uh, yeah, everybody's been really cool. Gia, realizing that not every job is unicorns and rainbows every day, is there something about your job that you find I don't know, unsatisfactory, or maybe is there a task that you have to do that you just don't like to do? Well, we are a growing company. And I came from working with power plants and Siemens Electric themselves, they're a worldwide company. So they're based out of Germany. So they have everything ready to go. They have procedures, blueprints, like if you need anything, it is right there in a cabinet. So with us, you know, it's, it's very, very new. So if you need to find a dimension, normally we, I mean, we have a computer out there. You can look at the CAD and pull dimensions or part numbers and stuff like that. You can find it yourself. And that's actually something that can build you. So it's, it's not necessarily something that I, I dislike because I do like learning and learning how to, how to control CAD is pretty awesome. Gia, for that particular high school student out there, maybe that young uh, female student who's watching this career story and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I would love to do that kind of work uh, when I get out of high school. Can you suggest ways for that student to gain exposure to or experience in your field of work? Uh, we have the apprenticeship programs. We have college, uh, community college and stuff like that. We have night school and then we have the BEA. That was it? That's us. Okay. You yeah. did it. <laughs> so actually, you guys are actually going to start working with us and doing a shadow or internship. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Get some new people in here, fresh faces. Yeah. So students, you're watching this uh, career recording, bbea.org. I know that's a mouthful. Uh, Gia, uh, in addition to this recorded career story, has, for example, made herself available to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and that could be done through our website. You just need to find um, that opportunity in the opportunity listing, click the apply button, and then we'll work with you to connect uh, with Gia either through a Zoom session uh, or perhaps when conditions are better, uh, we could actually host a job shadow in person at Jackson Engineering. And the Jackson Engineering staff is very supportive of helping support experiential learning 
for our middle school and high school students. So shout out to Gia and all of the staff uh, at Jackson Engineering. Gia, talk to us about your post-secondary training and education decision-making. You decided to not go the traditional college route. You decided to take an apprenticeship route. Uh, talk to us about what that decision-making looked like for you. So I had played with the idea of going back to school for a while, and I still play with it to this day. But what made it easier for me to go into the apprenticeship program is everything is basically paid for. But you have to pay dues because it is a union. But the apprenticeship was free, and you get paid for it. You pay into it, and then you get them back. So that's basically how unions work. They cover you, and you cover them. So that, that made it an easy decision for me because I was very tight on money. I was 20, 21 years old and I was working as a lifeguard and a bartender and I didn't have a lot of spare cash. And I didn't think that my grades were good enough to get a scholarship. That's the word, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so students out there, um, there are so many possibilities for you. Um, even if you decide not to go the traditional college route, uh, students, please know that there are dozens of highly skilled trade and crafts occupations that are uh, well-paying jobs um, that have really good security to them because there's always going to be work. Um, there, the, a lot of these jobs are very high demand jobs. Like the economy needs young people to enter a lot of these crafts and trades because a lot of the older generation folks are retiring from these trades and we need you. <laughs> uh, we, we need you the to help. Been dying. Yeah. The trades help. have been dying for a long time. We had that big push for everybody to go to college and we need it. Absolutely. And, and again, these jobs are, are good paying jobs that, um, that are always going to have work. So Gia, thanks for representing. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so the hard part of our interview is over. What do you like to do in your free time? Colorado, it is amazing. Coming from Florida again, it's all flat. There's no mountains. <laughs> I think the highest point in Florida is like 302 above sea level. That's <laughs> nothing. So coming out here, I, first thing I did was go out into the mountains and go hiking. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. I love it. Gia, what so do you I, want to be when you grow up now? I don't think I'll ever grow up. <laughs> Good for you. I think I'm just going to continue to do what, whatever my heart sees fit. You know, if, if in the future this no longer serves me, I'm going to just move on to the next. Just keep, keep getting, being, keep being happy. It doesn't matter what you do. Making it up know. as you go, right? Yeah. I mean, before I had wanted to be a physical therapist, I wanted to be an oceanographer or a marine biologist. And as we all know, the world is in a steady decline. So, I mean, who knows? I might get into that. Gia Hilson, journeyman millwright, welder, fabricator, and installation technician with Jackson Engineering and Maintenance. It's been a real pleasure to hear your story today. Thank you again so much for donating your time. Thank you for tuning in to the Everyone Has a Story podcast. 
We hope the experience shared today in the career story and informational interview may benefit you as you make educational and career choices. If you would like to learn more about the Business and Education Alliance and how we are working with education and industry to connect students, talents, interests, and aptitudes to the world of work, please go to businessandeducationalliance.org.